and we are back with another week of the Media Boat Podcast, your one-stop weekly review for movies, TV, music, and video games, not necessarily in that order. My name's Mike, <laughs> his name is Matt. Hi, I'm Matt, his name is Mike. You've got radio host voice going on right now. You don't usually do this. <laughs> yes, because I've had <laughs> breakfast, I've had coffee, it is Kenny Day, it is Comic-Con Day. Wait, hold on, you had coffee? Okay, I had a bean. <laughs> you had a coffee bean? Someone gave you a coffee bean? Technically, it was it? a Jelly Belly coffee bean, so it's a coffee that, bean. That's not coffee. It's a coffee bean. That's not coffee. That's coffee-flavored candy. It's a coffee bean. If it says Jelly Belly on it, who am I to disagree? <laughs> anyway, well, I made myself an iced coffee <laughs> with cinnamon, so... I'm also raring to go. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Media Boat Podcast. It is July the 23rd, 2022. This is episode 341. Yep. As I mentioned, it is Comic-Con Day. Yes. Big Comic-Con pounds are happening today in Hall H. We will have some news of that at the end of the episode. Who knows what will happen? You don't know. You don't know. We don't know. <laughs> It'll happen in front of us. Yep. We will report on that and we'll <laughs> report on anything else that happens. Probably next week, but yes. you care about what's happening this Today. week. But in the meantime, what is happening this week? Oh, a lot's been happening this week. We actually played a lot of thoughts, and thoughts, thoughts, thoughts is a thought-heavy episode. So let's get right into not it. really. We have thoughts in everything. We have like eight shows to talk about. This yes. is not one of those weeks. This is like two each. Okay, but this is where we have <laughs> thoughts in every category. That's true. So let's. So enough with the cold intro. <laughs> let's get going. <laughs> cold. No, sorry. it's the opposite ice, of cold here. Yes, iced coffee intro. Let's get going. <laughs> with music, and we start the music with the billboard, and we start the billboard yes. with the Hot 100. As it was Harry Styles, once again, your number one song. At number two, rising number two, About Damn Time by Lizzo. Maybe he'll take that number one spot next week. Maybe. Uh, at three, First Class by Jack Harlow. Coming in at four, running up that Hill, A Deal with God by Kate Bush, still getting that Stranger Things bump. And rounding out your top five, Wait for You by Future, but really it's Drake and Thames. Hey, guess what? This did not change since last week. No, it did not. Uh, just a couple things that moved around. No, uh, Frozen. This is the exact same top five as last week. Oh, didn't about damn time move up? No, it was already at number two. Oh, damn. Yep, all gray this week, which means nothing moved. So, yeah, another holding pattern. We'll see what happens with when Lizzo gets that album bump next week. That might, be, um, that might be what you're looking for. Um, so we'll see. As for speaking of albums, your albums chart, your Billboard's 200, at number one, and still at number one, Un Verano Sinti by Bad Booney. Yes. Coming in at two, Wasteland by Brent Fayez. Fayez? Oh, yeah, I don't know who this guy is. Uh, at three, Girls, colon, the second mini album by <laughs> Espa. Then at four, Harry's House by Harry Styles. Because. Because Harry Styles. And rounding out your top five, Dangerous, yeah. the double album by Morgan Wallen. Again, hopefully next week Lizzo bumps something off of his top five. If you didn't like any of those albums, we have new releases. We do. So Big week. Starting next week, um, All Hail the Queen. She has <laughs> arrived. Yes. Queen Bee with Renaissance. The Renaissance has arrived. The Renaissance has arrived. Hail Queen Bee. Beyonce's album, uh, eighth studio album? Something like that. Is will be released next week. Friday. So look forward to that. And we will have our thoughts on that next week. Yes. Uh, we also have Surrender by Maggie Rogers. 
Demons protected by angels. Uh, I feel like this is just neon white. <laughs> by NAV or NAV. Yeah. And lastly, free wave Lucifer. Fuck. <laughs> by of Montreal. I leave it to of Montreal to make a completely indecipherable album title. Uh, I want to say there's an asterisk there, but they don't put the asterisk. Maybe not in Metacritic, I don't know. Yes. But yeah, those are your new releases. Yeah, most this is a slower week because it seems like most people got out of the way of Beyonce, which yes. makes sense. I mean, even Drake got out of the way of Beyonce three weeks early. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. That's why we haven't heard from Taylor. Yes. <laughs> She's waiting for this to drop, and then when the fall rolls around, you'll get nice, comfy Taylor music again. Maybe. We'll see. She, it's weird because, sorry, to go into Taylor Swift corner real quick. Notably, uh, she was in the music news this week. I don't have this story because it wasn't that big of a deal, but she was in the news and all over my social media feeds this week because she showed up randomly at a Haim concert at the London O2 Arena. Hmm. She came out during their per performance of Gasoline and did a Gasoline Love Story mashup, which really got the crowd going. And she said something along the lines of, when I heard my girls were playing, I had to come, kind of thing. Um, whether this means that she's about to announce something, or whether she... Or, whether or this, she was just in London for some reason? Yeah, or she's in London for some reason. Also, notably, again, this is rumor and speculation. I hate to go here, but this is the Taylor Swift quarter, yes, so we, we I'm allowed deal. to here. So we don't, typically don't deal in rumors <laughs> and speculations. But apparently this happens at the same time. Um, as this week, as one of the tabloids has a cover story about her breaking up, breaking up with Joe. If that's actually happening, who knows? Taylor's pretty secretive, and their relationship is pretty hush hush. But if that's actually happening, and maybe that she's branching out a little bit right now, and who knows? Maybe that's why she was in London. Maybe they're figuring something out. Whatever. I don't know what's going on with Taylor, but hopefully, this means that she's about to announce something. Whether that means a new album cycle or another re-record. Please be speak now. Please be speak now. Uh, we'll see. You know what it is? She's in London at the Pinewood Studios shooting her next uh, studio album. Yeah. Or, shooting, shooting it? Music video. <laughs> shooting it. Shooting her next music video mm. at Pinewood Studios, which means an album has been complete. Maybe. All of it speculation. I don't know. But, we'll see. But yeah, that's your Taylor Swift corner. That's your update for which, what's going on with her. <laughs> watch her actually drop news next week <laughs> yeah like we could totally call it it's just weird because this time last year she was announcing and actually in june she announced the uh red red for november so if that was going if we were going to get something in the fall it would be soon right we would yep. know about it by now but maybe not i don't know i don't know we'll see all right so let's get to some outside of rumors and speculation yes. and into actual music news actual things that happened well something happened last night and we are here at the media podcast are very disappointed in you fans yeah you not fans of us we love you but fans yeah. at uh what was it <laughs> rolling uh, rolling loud festival yes so after replacing um kanye west as a headliner at the rolling loud festival in miami kid cuddy Kid Cudi's July 22nd headline set was cut short after multiple water bottles were thrown at him from the crowd. Cudi was performing the fourth song off his set, um, Revo... Revofev, Revo I'll call it. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> Revofev, it's all caps. Too. Yeah, it probably stands for something, I don't know. Yes. When what appeared to be a bottle thrown from the crowd at 
him square in the face. Yikes. Quote, yo, I will walk off this stage if you all throw one more <laughs> effing thing up. Wait, no, we have explicit text. Yeah. One more fucking thing up the stage. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll yeah, you're going to have to say it a lot. <laughs> yes. I'm not fucking playing. I'm not fucking playing. You will ruin it for everybody. I'll fucking leave if you get hit with one now more fucking thing. <laughs> if I see one more <laughs> fucking thing on this fucking stage, I'm leaving. Don't fuck with me. And as if prompted by the crowd, someone said, yeah, watch this. Yeah. And threw another water bottle at Kid Cuddy. All right. At which point he walked off stage. So we are laughing here. And there are, there's, it is a comical amount of fucks uh, yes. that Kid Cuddy is saying. And the concept of someone chucking a bunch of water bottles and not stopping is kind of funny. But let's put this into perspective for a second. This follows, of course... The Astro World stuff with Travis Scott. Mm -hmm. This follows a lot of kind of tension between performers and, like, this also follows. Um, was it Chris Rock, or no? Who was it that was Dave uh, Chappelle? Dave, no, it wasn't Dave Chappelle. It was some somebody was on stage and somebody went up there and attacked him. Uh, Chris Rock was on stage and was then Will Chris Smith Rock? walked no, up. No, 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 not him. that. <laughs> After that happened, never mind. Anyways, so there seems to be a lot of tension right now between audiences and performers and what performers are doing to harass, or sorry, what audience members are doing to harass performers and this weird dynamic seems to be in you, It is Dave Chappelle at the Greek. That's it what was you're Dave, thinking. Dave Chappelle, yep. sorry. Anyway, so it seems like this is, real, this is becoming a problem that seems to be happening more and more now. Or maybe we're just seeing more footage of it. I don't know. Regardless, uh, there's a social contract that you enter when you go to see someone perform. <laughs> yeah, it's weird that people are starting to step over that line and just assuming that they can take advantage of that. Um, okay, so, but you gave some context to this um, that actually is relevant here. As the story mentions, Kid Cudi is replacing Kanye West. So you have to keep in mind that a lot of people who came, who bought tickets to this festival were expecting Kanye. Kid Cudi, notably early this year, kind of broke ties with Kanye, expressing his, like, basically putting distance away from things that he said recently and things that he's done recently, saying that they're not friends anymore. So there would be some hostility then from people who were ready to see Kanye towards Kid Cudi. So this is not necessarily something that came out of the blue, that came randomly. But still, come on, guys. Also... Back to what we kind of talked about with elements of the Travis Scott thing. This is security's job to make sure that this shit doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Make sure that as soon as you see one thing get thrown on the stage, that you're out there basically like, like locking like people down. It. And is making sure that nobody is throwing anything anymore. Because your job is to protect the performer and make sure everybody is safe in the audience. Making this keep happening, like allowing this to happen, puts both of those people in danger. Both the people in the audience and the people at, at, like performing. So just how many more times do we have to see this before something happens? Before venues start locking down on this? Before security gets improved? Because yeah, this is just, this is so, there are so many uh, like versions of this that have happened like in the yeah, last year alone. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's a bad scene. Even though it is funny, there's elements of it that are kind of funny. It can't keep happening. No, can we put the blame on Kanye? 
I don't know if you can put the blame on Kanye here, because like I said, it's security's job to make sure that the place is safe. Yes, but you realize that Kanye dropped out of the festival three days before. So Kid Cudi, yeah. in three days' notice, had, came, to, had to come out. Well, didn't have to. He chose but to, yeah. He chose to perform as a headliner at this festival. But then Kanye decided to go to the festival anyways and appear on stage with Lil Durk <laughs> and perform a song that he does with Kid Cudi without Kid Cudi, but with Lil Durk. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily, that doesn't cause no, no. the audience to do what they did. No, that's no. no excuse. That's just Kanye being Kanye. Yes. I mean, um, it's a dick move by Kanye. Yeah, absolutely. And, and a string of <laughs> dick moves by Kanye. I don't think you can stuff. place the blame on him this time, as much as we'd love to. I don't think that's true. I, the audience has to realize that, yes, like, yes, as much as you want to express your displeasure and or rage or whatever you're feeling there, it's like there has to be a line between the performer and the audience in any situation. Yeah, it's also like whatever. Yes, Dave Chappelle probably did uh, deserve whatever happened to him there. Get that tackle. That being said, that's still there has to be some security has to prevent these things from happening, regardless of who you are. But uh, anyways, yeah. uh, speaking it sucks. of Dave Chappelle, he doesn't really fall into music or no. entertainment here, so we're not going <laughs> to mention him. Yeah, but, whatever. Um, Minneapolis is not a fan of him anymore. No, like he just keeps he just keeps making enemies in every stop he takes on his tour. Yep. Anyways, let's move on to a happier story, why don't we? Yeah, let's go to New York. Yeah. Where big dreams are made of. <laughs> Heard that before, yes. Yeah, it's a concrete jungle. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Yeah, I've heard that as well. You just need to have the right empire state of mind. Right. <laughs> okay. Anyways, the story. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the New York City Council has voted to officially bestow the name Beastie Boys Square upon the intersection of Ledlow Street and Rivington Street in New York City. The corner, popularized by the rap trio's 1989 album, Paul Boutique, Paul's Boutique, mm -hmm. um, council member Christopher Mart, Marte, Mart, uh, confirmed in an interview with local news channel PIX11 <laughs> that the effort which had been pushing for the official dedication for about nine years has officially achieved its goal. In 2014, the community board had rejected a petition to rename the Lower East Side Corner. Now, the New York City Council accepted the renewed application under the, under the name Beastie Boys Square. On July 14th, Marte said the bill will be called up for a vote and in several weeks and then it will be passed uh, shortly thereafter. As of now, the bill is awaiting the signature of the city's mayor, Eric Adams. So yeah, I think this will be really cool if this happens. Uh, the Beastie Boys in New York are inseparable. Yes. Uh, they are one, like they're of a piece and uh, especially that memorable cover of Paul's Boutique. Like everybody sees that, sees that corner and they're like, oh yeah, the Beastie Boys. So it makes sense, perfect sense for them to have the named after them, and I think it's a great honor, especially in memory of, of 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 the deceased member of the Beastie Boys. It's a very nice, mm -hmm. honorable tribute to them. Um, but yeah, I think this is absolutely should happen. It looks like it will happen. Cool. Yeah, thirty years. Follow up. 
Did you ever listen to Paul's Boutique? I feel like on this very podcast, I th- gave you homework to do so. <laughs> it is the best Beastie Boys record. I, I believe you gave me discography homework yeah. to, to look up Beastie Boys when they released yeah. the latest album. I think so. That was years ago. Yes, that was definitely <laughs> years ago. But yes, I don't know if you ever did that. <laughs> well, I know what I'm listening to uh, after this podcast. It's a classic. <laughs> it's a classic. All right, let's move on into uh, thoughts. Did you listen to any music this week? Nothing new this week. All right. Well, I did. I'll listen to one thing that I'll be brief about. Um, hey, Beach Bunny. She's uh, 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 not to be confused with Bad Bunny. No, very different. Uh, Beach Bunny is a band uh, that's been around for a few years here. One of my uh, recent favorites. Uh, they put out their second record this week uh, called Emotional Creature. Um, it's a lot of fun. If you want some breezy uh, indie rock, guitar-driven female vocals. Very fun. Um, a lot of story, A lot of lyrics about like, about like relationships that maybe haven't worked out. Maybe like finding yourself kind of at a crossroads in your like mid twenties. Maybe feeling a little stressed out or anxious about your life. Uh, this fulfills that. This has a lot of a lot of lyrics about that kind of thing. If that's and it's a great summer record. Uh, notably, one of the videos uh, released in tandem with this record has uh, Bob Odenkirk in it. <laughs> he is apparently an established fan of the band. In a recent interview okay. in a newspaper, he said that he randomly caught them at a festival once and immediately became a huge fan. And so they called him up, got him in the video. Um, <laughs> so they're a lot of fun. Not really much to say about it, uh, other than that. I think that um, uh, the, like the, uh, the second half of this record is especially interesting because they do experiment a little bit with their sound. Um, yeah, I think it's really fun, but there's not really much to say outside of it. So if that's on, if they're already on your radar because you saw their name on a festival recently, uh, they were at Coachella earlier this year, for example, um, then yeah, check out their new record. It's pretty good. Are you saying this specifically to Bob Odenkirk? <laughs> no, he already did. I'm sure okay. he already has it on vinyl. <laughs> I'm sure he's set. <laughs> they probably got him hooked up and sent the vinyl to him pre-release. I bet they did. All right, anyways. Anyways, yeah, Beach Bunny. <laughs> New album. Yes, yes. All right. That's it. So let's move on. All right. Let's get into some video games then, shall we? And we start with new releases. Not a whole lot this week. Yep. We have Captain Velvet Meteor, colon, The Jump Dimensions. Jump Plus? Oh, I thought, yeah. Jump yeah, Plus. I guess. I don't know. Jump and Dimensions. Jump Plus Dimensions. I have no idea what this by is. By S. Uh, by Switch. On Switch. <laughs> by S. By S. By S. <laughs> Confused with the albums. Yep. Uh, RimWorld <laughs> Console Edition for uh-huh. the PS4 and Xbox One. Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Yes. For the Switch. Brian, you didn't leave that for last. That's probably the big release this week. Oh, it depends on what you're playing. As much as you love Digimon. As much as I love Digimon. Uh, Digimon Survive yes. for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Yeah. That is also coming out this week. But yeah. yeah. Xenoblade Chronicles yeah. 3 probably is going to be your big release. It's your big release. Nintendo uh, delayed this a couple months and it's finally coming out. So if you've been waiting for a big RPG to play on your Switch, you got it this week. Yep. All right, let's get into some video game news. Yeah. And we start with, ooh, poo-pooing Ubisoft. <laughs> the turds they are. Well, they've had a weird week. Oh, that's, yes, they have. <laughs> All right. So to recap the week that has been Ubisoft, mm-hmm. on Thursday, Ubisoft said it had delayed Avatar Frontiers of Pandora and a smaller unannounced uh, premium game 
to its next fiscal year beginning in April 2023. The smaller game is Assassin's Creed Rift, according to Bloomberg, which reported on Friday that Ubisoft has pushed its release window from February 2023 to May or June of next year. While not officially announced, Bloomberg reported in February that Ubisoft was planning to release a smaller scale, stealth-focused Assassin's Creed game this year or next year. It said it was in mm -hmm. development and it was close. Codename Rift and starring Assassin's Creed Valhalla character Basim, the title was <laughs> Basim. Basim. <laughs> Basim. Because he's basic. <laughs> The title was originally planned as an expansion for the most recent series uh, for Valhalla before being spun into a standalone game. Yeah. At least that's what the story claims. So yeah, this kind of dovetails with uh, a larger story happening around Ubisoft and talking about how basically all their late 22, 22 plans had to be thrown out the window because of financial issues. Mm -hmm. They seem to be like running all running around crazy over there, like not knowing what to do. Uh, whether this has to do with potentially looking for a suitor to buy them in the next year or whether this means that there's like some games from earlier in the year did not sell like they expected it to regardless it seems like everything that they had planned for t late 22 has completely disappeared it's all been pushed until next year including this even this little small what seemed like a manageable project for them this small spin-off for the assassin's creed franchise but no everything's moved it makes you wonder if everything's okay over there. It doesn't sound like it is. I mean, like you kind of alluded to, typically when things get pushed off, it's because they're looking for suitors to buy. Yeah. Um, they're trying to pare down their IPs. I think this might be a pivot, too, because Maybe. Assassin's Creed's been going for seven, eight, nine, so yeah, seven, eight, 13 eight. years, 15 years yeah, almost. it's been a while. Yeah. Maybe it's time to get some fresh blood, pumping some new IPs into Ubisoft. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, yeah, they seem kind of stale, honestly. They seem like they're I mean, so yes. reliant on their Unders franchise. Watchdog underscores, underscores Watchdog. Also, I can't imagine that Avatar game is cheap. No. I'm sure they probably had to funnel so much of their money and resources into making sure that thing comes, comes out in the same kind of time period as the movie. And now, it won't. Now it'll miss the movie's debut. Or, the movie will be pushed back. No. James Cameron will not let that happen. I think that thing is oh, wrapping up. James Cameron might let that happen when we get to movies. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens, but they, he's already pushed it so far. Yeah, so what's another six months? Yeah, I <laughs> we'll, we'll find out, I guess. We'll find out. All right. Uh, so, in other video game news, yeah. Microsoft has announced that Discord voice chat is coming to Xbox uh, control consoles. Yes. Uh, starting this week, select Xbox insiders will be able to chat with anyone on Discord via voice channels or group calls directly from Xbox Series X and S and Xbox One consoles. Microsoft said the update, which will enable Discord users to connect across Xbox, mobile, and PC, will roll out to more users over the coming weeks and be available to everyone soon. While playing on console, users will be able to see who is in the call and speaking. Um, they'll also be able to adjust the sound and switch between Discord voice chat 
and Xbox Game Chat. This, of course, follows our story that we said earlier in the year about Sony uh, making a deal with Discord, bringing Discord to PlayStation platforms. Yep. So this just means that we finally have console parity here between Discord. So if you're a Discord user, a heavy Discord user, you often chat through Discord. Now you can do so on your Xbox as well as your PlayStation and PC. Uh, congratulations, Discord. Yeah, they got everywhere. They made deals with everybody. They did the thing they needed to do. Yep. It's smart because, if anything, I don't know why that went down. I don't know why that went down. <laughs> that? That, that would be, that'd be why, 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 why people are hearing. Yeah. yeah see, that, is it like, I wonder if there's a setting where it's normalizing the recording volume as we go, like it's like balancing out. Maybe I have to change some setting. Maybe. But, but yeah, regardless, anyways, uh, let's figure that out later. Uh, yes. I, I said, no, it's like creeping down there. I was like, wait. Well, I wonder are, if that's are, what are, was happening on your computer with this. Maybe. Huh. Okay, well, we're working through technical things while we're out recording here. We'll figure it out later. Anyways, so... Uh, Anyways, yeah, Discord. Your yeah, yeah, Discord, Sony, Discord to Xbox. Um, notice that this is not for um, PC because you just put PC on. <laughs> it already has Discord. already has Discord there. <laughs> yeah, so no, this is just means that so everybody's kind of uh, using switch? the same platform. I would not be surprised. Well, that's the thing. Is one... Nintendo wants to use its own... Thing. There's that, and also Switch is not a place where a lot of people would use Discord heavily for multiplayer. online multiplayer games. I'm sure there's a lot of people, young people, who play like Fortnite on Switches, but ultimately it's not a online hub. If they were going to do this, I wonder if they would time it for the release of Splatoon 2 later this year, or 3, three. sorry, 3 later this year. Maybe that's what they do, because that's or, finally a multiplayer game that would need voice chat. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if Nintendo would let it happen, but if they will, will that's when they'll do it. That's because Nintendo's a family-friendly place. Yeah, they <laughs> want to make sure that probably it's like, oh, they, I mean, it's, they've done such weird, like, gatekeeping when it comes to their voice platforms. Like, oh, you have to use the Nintendo app on your phone while you're playing a game on the Switch, that kind of thing. So it's pretty limiting what they've done in the past. I don't know if they would just open the floodgates for Discord support, but we'll see. But we'll see. We'll see. All right. All right. All right, so we have some thoughts. We played a couple games. Played a couple games. Well, played might be a little of a heavy term for the thing that you did. Okay. Why? <laughs> what did you think I did? I rushed through it. I bombarded myself. I no. fully immersed. No, I wasn't even talking about that. I'm talking about As Dusk Falls, which is a game that you played. Because uh, oh, from what yes. I understand, there's not a whole lot of play to happen here. No. So... Uh, if you want to see me play <laughs> Dusk Falls, it's currently available on uh, Twitch.tv. What you're saying is you've been streaming it on Twitch, on Twitch, our Twitch channel. Yes. Have you been watching it? No. Perfect. You and no one else have been watching it. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to. But if you wanted to. So what is As Dusk Falls? Explain it for the people. So As Dusk Falls is a story-based driven game guided by your decisions. Think Detroit Become Human. Think Heavy Rain. Think I I am very interactive in the story. Yeah. But am I actually making any difference if every tree that comes out of it eventually goes back to a same decision? And how much like, yeah. control do I actually have? Yeah. It's that. It's one um, of those. It's one of those. Uh, I, and then the art style. We have to talk about the art style. It's watercolors. Esque yeah. um, moving pictures. It's limited animation. Lim so very limited. The animation. way I've heard it described is the background 
elements are basically running in real time. They're running like normally, like in a normal, like how you would see animation typically happen. Mm -hmm. But the character's reactions are timed to the dialogue. So that means that they will be frozen in place until their facial expression needs to change. And th or they need to perform an action, move yes. an item or something, and then it'll change like a comic book panel. It'll be a new Except comic books pose. are more dynamic than what's going on <laughs> in As Dusk Falls. Yeah, so as soon as I saw this at uh, a, I believe the first time they showed this off was a video game, a game awards thing. Mm -hmm. I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, ooh, I don't like this. This is going to be very divisive. So how are you feeling actually playing the game? What do you think about how it looks? Uh, it's fine for how it looks. It kind of like it gives its own kind of immersive experience. It gives it its own flavor and it kind of separates itself from other story-based games. Uh -huh. That being said, yeah. you could have done something very similar with actual actors in an actual environment. Um, so the game actually takes place not in present day, but in 1998, and then it kind uh -huh. of fast forwards you to present day um, as the as this. Unfortunate journey unfolds. I'm only through yes. book one right now, but uh, book one could be summed up as the shootout at the Desert Gleam Inn. <laughs> Seems like uh, the content of the story in this game is extremely dramatic and dark. Uh, it's extremely dramatic yes. and at times can be very over dramatic. Uh -huh. Not just in I don't know as much as these characters currently do and where they should be in their current situation, so I'm learning as the characters are going yeah or should this character or when they do flashbacks should this character already know it by the time you get to say previously in this story what do you think they're going for here what the vi what's the vibe that looking for is like is it prestige tvs like that's what they're trying to emulate uh very much so because yeah. a lot of it is here's the present day scenario now here's a quick flashback, and let's get back into present day scenario, how uh -huh. it's going to affect it. And then a quick flashback, and then a forward flash. How does the gameplay work? Is it just decisions, or is there like quick time event things happening? Both. Okay. A lot of it's decision making. Uh, it'll do the Detroit Heavy Rain thing where it says, big decision. Yeah. Choose wisely. This So-and-so will remember this. Yeah, so-and-so will remember <laughs> this, or this will have dramatic action going in the future. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, but one thing that this thing does have is it's not just a single player game, it's multiplayer mm -hmm. and it's multiplayer online. I mean, you can have other people join you and help influence the decisions. Okay. So, of course. Uh, that's kind of like the hook. So, you can have a shared experience, a shared TV theatrical esque experience with other people helping form these decisions. Okay. So, then the question would be then. This is similar and playing in the same space as those other games you mentioned. Stuff like Until Dawn, mm -hmm. Life is Strange, Detroit. Uh, what's the one that just came out for the PS Quarry, Plus? The Quarry, yes. Which is the Until Dawn people. Yep. Uh, so, how does it rate compared to those experiences? Are they doing something similar enough where it's like fans of those can just jump in? Or do you think it's somewhere There's... underneath the ambition and quality of those? Uh, definitely lower in quality, especially with uh, the quarry and Until Dawn, because yeah. those are very horror based. Oh yeah, but and you can actually move around and interact. Yeah, and with the animation's it. good, the and it's like great. graphics are like really well made. Yes. And yeah, yeah. Whereas this, you're stuck in a scene, and the most interaction you have is here's my corner, my person in the corner. 
looking out into this room and I need to move my mouse around to figure <laughs> out where to click and interact Ugh, with. Yeah. That sounds like an old school adventure game almost. And like, do people want that out of a modern modern game? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Probably I don't know. not. Uh, it doesn't sound like this is that great. But, yes. But the thing <laughs> that is cooking people and that's giving it like all the praise is the in-depth storytelling. Sure. It is layer yeah. upon layer upon layer of these characters. Yeah. You're not, um, they give you little hints about like what's going to happen. But then you're, and it does the prestige TV thing, especially the uh, "This Is Us" storytelling. Yeah. Where it sets you in the present, it makes you think that one thing is going to happen. Then it gives you a flashback and say, "Oh, but this is actually how they're thinking," or "This is actually how that's, like, how it plays out and how that's going to affect their decision now." Right. In an attempt to make you, the decision maker, change your decision or influence how you're going to perceive these characters now going forward in this situation. Right. Okay. Uh, it's a lot of jumping. It's a lot of back and forth. Um, storytelling can feel very jumpy at times, especially when you're going from, okay, now I'm playing as this character. Yeah. Well, now I'm playing as this character. Now I'm in this time period. Now I'm going over here. It can be confusing and you can lose track if you're not like playing for a while. I wonder how yeah. easy it is to come, like put this on the shelf for a while and come back to it. I'm going to find out because I just finished <laughs> book one. Well. Um, so there's several books, chap. Well, they're not. There's like chapters within the books. So yeah. Like an actual book, there's chapters within a book. Okay. That's how. Yeah, that's work. how books work. <laughs> uh, Turns out that's how books work. <laughs> it sounds like ultimately what we're saying here is thank God this thing's on Game Pass because if you have Game Pass, try it out if you like those other games that we talked about. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like this could be extremely divisive, just based on the tone alone. Also, there is some warnings uh, in certain levels where okay. um, some content may be inappropriate for young viewers or may yeah. be triggering for some people. Right. If you would like to skip this content, you can skip it and we will automatically give you okay. the good ending. That's nice. Uh, so, well, yeah. But it's good that the game lets you know it's like this stuff's going to get dark and it's going to get dark quickly. Yes. Remember when we thought um, No Russian from Modern <laughs> Warfare 2 was considered dark? Little did we know. Oh, Little no. Little did we know. People have much more darker demons that, that they was can just, unleash. That was just setting the bar. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. Well, that is um, the... Uh, uh, as Dusk Falls. As Dusk Falls. I can never remember the name of it. Uh, as Dusk Falls. And that's on Game Pass, like I said. It's also available on PC and yeah. other... Is that on PlayStation? I don't think so. I think it's okay. just uh, Xbox Game Pass Xbox right and now. PC. So check that out. But we also played uh, the big release uh, last week. Uh, get ready. It's cat time. Cute cat time. This has been all over everybody's feed. Everybody's been posting videos of their own real-life cats watching them play this digital cat. Yes. But you're probably wondering, if you're not in the PlayStation ecosystem, what is Stray? Anyways. So Stray is a new game uh, published by Annapurna. Uh, uh, I was going to make that pun. It's easy. It's, it's right so there. easy. It's so easy to do. Uh, it is an adventure game. A little bit different definition of that from uh, As Dusk Falls. An adventure game where you're directly controlling a little cute cat who has lost its way from its friends and has ended up in the subterranean tunnels into a, base, a, uh, a place that is completely populated with robots who have seemed to be the only people around as humans appear to have died out. This appears to be the post-apocalypse. Yes. All organic life is 
non-existent. Except for, apparently, those who have survived, like this cat and yes. the cat's friends in the outside world. It is your, so basically you're tasked after you find a drone robot who wants to help you out to help find out how to get to the outside world and figure out whether there is a way back to your, uh, to your friends. Yeah. And it's a lot of platforming around the city, yes. platforming to solve puzzles, yes. picking stuff up, interacting with the different robots. Right. It seems like basically the verbs here are puzzle solving, talking to robots, and basically uncovering the memories of what happened to the, the people, what happened to organic life, why things are what, why they are right now, and like I said, ultimately to get the cat back to where the cat's from. But the hook here is that, yeah, all that sounds interesting on its face, but the hook is you play as a cat, and this cat does very cat things. It is the most cat cat that you're ever gonna find in a video game. You see a carpet, you're going to need that carpet. You're going to just it. dig those nails into that carpet. Scratch on the doors. Make little biscuits. Yep, you're going to scratch on the doors or the sides of furniture. Mm -hmm. You're going to... Uh, meow at everything. You're going to meow at a button press, even while somebody is talking to you. <laughs> yep. You can fall asleep on a bed of pillows if you see it and you want to. You get a trophy if you sleep long enough, by the way. Mm -hmm. Just a little hint for people who are looking for that 100%. Uh, it's just the, and, and when you wake up, big stretch, because that's what cats do. They do the big stretch. Uh, it's just the cutest little cat and the cutest little actions. Every little move that the cat does seems to like they did, they did a lot of work, like watching cats in real life do different things. The animations are just perfect. If you love cats, you have to at least watch footage of Stray, if not play it yourself, because Cat lovers will love every second of the cat's interactions with its world. Not just cat lovers. I got, uh, while I was playing it with my doctor, yes. uh, she asked, are you a cat person now? <laughs> it's <laughs> so I'm just running around like meowing at everyone, like, oh, look yeah. at the cat do things. Look at the cat do things. <laughs> it's, it might convert. Look at it push things over. <laughs> it might convert people. Oh, yeah, I didn't even mention, yes, the, the cat urge above all cat urges. Oh, this thing's by the ledge? Push it over. Doesn't need to be there. Let's push it over. And the cool thing about Stray is that all, most of these things have gameplay uh, elements to them. There are puzzles you can solve by pushing things over. Mm -hmm. There are puzzles you can solve by scratching at, say, a, a window uh, like a uh, like, uh, curtain and making it flop up. There are actual like gameplay reasons to do cat-like things. Which brings the question, is it too cat and not enough about the story and the world and like what you're doing? Or is there enough of a balance there where the two things complement each other? So I am further than you. Yes, you're I'm much further than I am way further than you. And yes, there is a lot of meta commentary as you progress through the, through the town, through the slums, through the city. Um, there's a lot of meta commentary, especially because there are no people there. There's yeah. meta commentary on organic life versus um, inorganic life. Right. Um, what does it mean to be alive, especially as wow. robots interact with a cat that is physically alive and like am i alive that's is this like I, like these are robots that's pretty heady for the cute cat game to right. get involved in yeah it's a cute cat game but there is a lot of commentary especially socialist and social not socialist but social socialism and yeah. social commentary and classist commentary huh. okay. uh, as you progress through the story that sounds pretty cool 
Uh, as for the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay, what do you think about the um, the platforming happening? Because that seems to be the most, like the one thing you're doing the most here is jumping onto things, jumping down from things, finding out what you can jump on, what you can't. Do you think the game does a good enough job of showing that with the little button prompts? Or do you think you found yourself in situations where like, I should be able to jump there, why can't I? I have found that at several points, yeah. but then I realized that if I jump there, there's literally nothing there. So that's why it's stopping you. <laughs> that's why it doesn't want you doesn't to want do you that. It doesn't want you to do that. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, you can jump on a lot of stuff. Jump on the desks, jump on the tables, right. jump on actual people as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sleep on robots. You know. Yes. Knock over bottles, uh, break glass everywhere, walk okay. through pain and see the little puppy, little kitty paws. Yeah. I do feel like it's, it's an interesting choice that they made. So typically they do give you button prompts for when you can interact with the world. You can turn those off, apparently. If you want okay. a more like seamless experience, you can turn off the little buttons. So that way you can just realistically assume, well, I'm a cat, I can jump up there and press and find out that you can, mm -hmm. or maybe you can't, yeah. stuff like that. It makes an interesting kind of like, like if you want to make the game slightly more difficult, uh, you can do that. Or more immersive. Or more immersive, kitty. yeah. More immersive kitty experience. Yes. But did, yeah. Uh, did you name your cat? You can name the cat? Okay, did you name your cat? No, I didn't know you could. Okay. Like in the game or just yourself? I named, I named mine Mufasa. <laughs> Mufasa. Just because of the opening cutscene of yeah. how he gets separated. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, yep, uh, you're, you're Mufasa now. Yeah. K Kitty Mufasa. Uh, so yeah, I mean, ultimately there's probably not much more to say about Stray. That's pretty much what this game is. Yes. It's if pretty simple. It seems like it's not a very long game. Um, uh, from what I've read online, it's about five to six hours. Yeah. Eight hours, it seems like, max, if you're trying to get every single memory and every single mm -hmm. thing. Uh, it looks like there is a little bit of replay value then if you yes. want to go back to replay certain chapters if you missed some things. And that's nice. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it just seems like a nice, sweet little game uh, that's very cat-friendly. If you love cats, this seems like a no-brainer. It is available, as we mentioned last week, if you are signed up for the PlayStation Plus Extra or Premium tiers. It is included in your game library, so you can download that as part of your package. If not, though, it is also available on PC on Steam, uh, so you can play it there if, if you want. If you're a PS5 member, you can get a seven-day free trial of yeah. uh, PlayStation Extra yeah. as an incentive to play this game. And that could be more than enough time that you need to finish uh, and get what you need about Stray, uh, from Stray. So, hey, yep. we say go for it. Yeah, I recommend it so far. Uh, we'll probably say more once we finish it up. Uh, but as it stands right now, I think it's cute. I think that people maybe looking for a bigger experience might be a little disappointed by the actual depth here. But I think it's telling an interesting story and it looks beautiful and it's full of cat stuff. So to me, I think it's a win. They put out the game, the exact game that I wanted them to. Yeah, and that's where I'm a little bit of a disappointment is that because in a game called Stray, I'd <laughs> like for there to be more either puzzles or more reward for me straying off the, the, the main path. <laughs> it's not that kind of game. In fact, from what I've heard from a lot of people who are further in is it gets more linear as the game goes on. It does, Because yes. it really wants to tell that story. Uh, which I'm like, sign me up. Because I actually, I did actually get lost a little bit in that first original space. I can't forget, well, you have to keep in mind, I was playing in bits and pieces. So yes. if I stopped playing and I came back, I'd be like, wait, what am I supposed to be doing again? I went up here and I kind of went in a giant circle around the rooftops like five <laughs> times. Because I was like, 
I went to this place. I went to this place. There was nothing in there. So that's the good thing about yeah. having the robot companions that he can always tell you where to yeah, go. Yeah, all he told me was like, go to this thing. And I was like, where is that? So, oh, let's go yeah. to this person's house? Yeah, and I was like, like yeah, I don't remember where that person's house is. Yeah. That kind of thing. So it probably is best enjoyed in longer periods of time played. But as it goes on, if it gets, becomes more linear, it might be better for my yes. kind of play style. So, but each section does give you like a big chapter break. So you can yeah. stop. And be like, okay, now I'm going to continue on this yeah. chapter next, knowing that there's nothing behind me that I need to go and else and do. But yeah, it seems like for now, uh, we recommend Stray. Uh, definitely check it out if you have PlayStation. Uh, or if you love cats, hey, just get it on your computer. Uh, it seems to like run really well, uh, regardless of platform. So, yep. hey, Stray, it's pretty cool. Check it out. The kitty cat game. Meow. Let's move on into the second half of the show. Why don't we? Uh, play a little bit more Neon oh, White, okay. but I still haven't beaten it yet. I finally have time today just to do whatever I want after we're done recording here. So and you so, have As Dusk Falls, Stray, and Neon White. Which I'm not going to play As Dusk Falls, oh, I don't think. On. I'm going to skip that. <laughs> uh, I'm probably going to try to get uh, to the end of... Uh, neon White? I'm I think I or thought Stray. about it yesterday, and I was like, I think I'm just going to power through. Uh, I might not go for uh, Ace on every single one. I might right. just try to get presents on every single one mm -hmm. and then try to finish it up. Okay. I think that's my goal. Uh, right. Because from what I understand, there is a bad ending and a good ending. I'm not really sure what you have to do to get the good ending. I'm hoping it's just get all the presents. But we'll see. Because okay. I want to finish that up. I want to see how that wraps up. And then I'll go back to Stray after that. All right, let's move on to the second half of the show here. And we go to television. And we always start television with the Sports Corner. Sports Helmet. Again, we'll be back with the real Sports Corner in two weeks. Oh, two weeks? A couple more weeks? So two weeks. Just wait. We'll be there. Although, uh, oh, I will be yeah. gone, potentially. Uh, I leave for my vacation on August 16th. We'll talk about the so South Park. We'll figure yeah. something out yes. there. But yes, an actual Sports Corner and maybe yes. Sports Wall will be available. <laughs> maybe. We'll see. Maybe. But in the meantime, our own little sports table here. Uh, we start with baseball had all star their all star break this week. The all star game happened on Tuesday night, as it has for the last nine years. The American League beat the National League. That's the nine straight. Yeah, yep. nine straight wins. You can't really beat the American League, even though the National League put on a little bit of show at the beginning mm -hmm. there. Could not sustain it. Uh, ended up succumbing to it. I mean, they actually went up 2-0 and then yeah. three-run shot and yeah. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. That was probably the most exciting part of that game. Actually, was the beginning. It kind of petered off as yep. these games do. I mean, as the pitchers got pitched, got pitching good. Yeah, I know. Turns out, turns, turns out, all-star pitchers are pretty good at pitching. Turns out. Yes. Um, so that happened the day before that. We didn't uh, uh, was the uh, uh, home, home run, run derby. derby. Uh, where Juan Soto took the thing. Yes, Juan Soto won, but I do blame Pete Alonso's pitcher. Yes, yes. I get it's nice having yes. your dad out there pitching, but <laughs> when they take five seconds yeah. to throw one pitch, and they have to do the whole windup. It's so long. Right. But the big, the second biggest story about the home run derby was Albert Pujols doing better than anybody expected him to. Yes, forced into the home run derby, Albert Pujols, thanks to uh, Bob yes. Manfred. Yes. Uh, made to the semis. Hey, congratulations. Even though one of those rounds he only hit like 13 13 home runs. Uh, uh, for his first round. Yeah. It was enough to get him <laughs> forward, though, it turns out. So, yeah, congratulations yep. to, so, for his last appearance at both and, of these events. And sorry to Pete Alonso for not <laughs> becoming the three-time home yeah. run champion. That's okay. But like you said uh, in our group chat, this just 
up Soto's price even more as he looks for a suitor. Yeah, especially since he's leaving uh, yeah. Washington. Seems like all signs point to some sort of like very like uh, rich team. Uh, so you could see like the Mets make a deal here or something. It seems like the, that uh, there's only about five or six teams that are still in the conversation about picking Soto up. Well, especially when he turned down like a $424 million contract. It's going to be expensive to get this guy, no matter what, Yep, it seems like. So we'll see what happens with Soto as uh, we slowly approach the trade deadline. Uh, trade deadline, I believe, is yes. not next week, but mid the week after. I think it's like August 3rd. Yeah. You have a lot of players that people are looking at to see what happens. Um, a lot of scuttlebutt about what happens to Shohei Otani, let's say. We'll, yeah. A lot of question marks about that. We'll have to see. Um, in the coming weeks, what happens? I saw one deal where we send uh, Shohei, Rendon, and Adele, and we get Juan Soto. Not going to happen, because the thing with Rendon is you have to have cash considerations there. You have to pay off the rest of the yeah, deal. The rest of his deal. No yep. one's going to want to do that. We spent way too much money on him. Oh, yes. Yeah, so no, no. That's not going to happen. The Angels, I'm sure that the Angels will try to do what they can to keep Shohei on the team. As we talked about also in the group chat yesterday, he's the only pitcher that's winning games, except for last night. Uh, so The uh, A's should just go all in on Juan Soto. Yeah. Basically make him they part should. owner. Honestly, they should. Just, just to get him on the team. <laughs> salvage their brutal season that they've had right now. Meanwhile, the Mariners can't stop winning? Yeah. The curse is being broken. Yeah, years. I don't know what's happened. This this has happened before. Just to just to like anybody who needs a little brief uh, Mariners history lesson, don't get too excited. This has happened before, and they still didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> so keep that in mind. Oh, that's such a good dork town. Yeah, for secret base. Yeah, wonderful. Just look up look up um, uh, history of history the of the Seattle Mariners on YouTube. You'll just you'll be so happy. It's like six parts, but it's, it's worth all it. worth it. It's, it's worth, worth it. it. It's worth it. They kept me. They kept, that in the last dance kept me so happy in 2020. Yes. <laughs> in my little hold up in my room, hiding from a disease and a dog. Yes. It was wonderful. Anyway. Uh, Anyways, other baseball stuff happened. Yes, other baseball stuff happened. Giancarlo Stanton was your MVP for the game. So. Yes, Yankees. Yes, congratulations. The Yankees still having a killer season, even though they just got swept by the Astros. Yeah. <laughs> but what are you going to do? That's okay. A lot of people are saying, is this a preview for the pennant? I'm like... Maybe. 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 Uh, I honestly, I, I want so badly though the, the like the Astros to just be completely like like completely removed from the playoff picture somehow, and I don't know if it's gonna happen. Well, it's not gonna be from the Angels. No, they're not gonna. Maybe the Mariners. <laughs> what a weird world that would be if uh, the Mariners just kept kept winning and they take somehow the AL West. Oh, that'd be great. Wow. Twenty what a years world. of pent up. Yeah. Oh, progression. Please, please, baseball gods, give us this one win. If the Angels can't be good again, give us this one win. Anyway. Meanwhile, the Orioles selected Jackson Holiday, shortstop son of seven-time All-Star Matt Holiday, first overall in the MLB, um, MLB draft. Yes, the draft happened. Uh, this was your big pick. Um, there was some smaller, interesting picks uh, happening yep. as, uh, as the I draft think, went on. I think I saw that in the top ten... Four of them were sons of yes. former MLB players. Nepotism season is upon us. Yes. <laughs> Including Jackson Holiday. Yes. So, yeah, uh, some good picks, it seems like, all over the place. Uh, Blue Jays, meanwhile, last night had a big uh, headline. 
as they played a football game against the Ross Red Sox. I was so mad nobody's nobody's commented on my joke in the group chat yesterday. Oh, I, I just I well, what the game was probably was over by then. No, I I said that when it was still twenty five three. Oh, it just got worse yeah. for Boston after that. Uh, but yes, twenty eight five, in in. Like, in Boston, which is not something that should happen in Boston, the way that stadium is set up. That's a small stadium. Including an inside-the-park Grand Slam. Note, you don't know how rare inside-the-park home runs are at Fenway. But just to have everyone on base (laughs) and then hit it inside the park? And somehow pull it off. Yeah, no, 28-5 is not a baseball score. (laughs) So note that this is the second time in Blue Jays history that they've hit an inside the park Grand Slam. It is also the second most, like the second time that's ever been a 28 run score in baseball history. Mm-hmm. Like, and that was in the 20s, apparently. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, was it 1989? <laughs> was the last time the Blue Jays hit a inside the park Grand Slam? Yeah. Which, coincidentally, was also in Boston. Hey, what do you know? So, yeah, sorry, Red yes. Sox fans. You had a real brutal one to sit through last night. I don't blame anybody for tuning that one out. Yep. Now, unfortunately, 28 runs is not the league record. No. I believe it's uh, 30. That Somehow. was done in, like, 2017. Yeah. Somehow. But, yes, it got pretty close. Anyways. So, there you go. That must have been fun to watch. And then in sports... Well, I mean, when you have the Red Sox actually cheering... Red Sox fan cheering on the, the <laughs> opposing team. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. They took Vlad Jr. out. He could have had a six-run game or a six-hit game. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. All right, so that was fun. Uh, in sports entertainment news, though, uh, ripples were spread throughout the uh, wrestling community last night as... Is this the other shoe dropping? Yes, as the big man finally decided to leave... Vince McMahon is finally stepping down as CEO and any role in the C- and the WWE as he is retiring at age 77. Of course, if you've been paying attention, this may be and likely is due to recent allegations of sexual assault and misconduct that have come his way uh, from very prominent newspapers, including the Washington Post. And the Wall Street and Journal. And the Wall Street Journal. So this, uh, I guess, the heat got a little too hot. <laughs> Um, it seems like he is relinquishing all control. Previously, we had heard that he was stepping down as CEO, but he was going to stay on in a creative role. Yes. Now that's gone too. He is completely out of the company. He will be replaced by a joint CEO uh, uh, between Stephanie daughter, McMahon Stephanie. and um, another another uh, person who has been at this company for a while. Not Triple H. No. Although Triple H is still around, right? Triple H, H is still the acting roles. president. So, yeah. So the WWE will continue. In fact, they had a show last night yes. uh, in the wake of this. I don't know if it. Did you watch any of that? Did you I see watched if they the addressed? Opening. Uh, did they address? It anything? was addressed in the very opening. Okay. Um, got the crowd chanting "Thank you, Vince." Of course. Of course, and then really went into the rest of the show. Okay. Um, there was some backstage drama happening, however, as Brock Lesnar <laughs> uh, reportedly walked off uh. SmackDown. He was supposed to appear. Huh. But before the show started, he just walked out of the stadium, uh, which is at yeah. TD Garden in uh, Boston. That checks out because what I was going to say about this is I bet all the terrible people that are still in the organization are pissed about this. And all the good people are like, let's move on and just yes. like reestablish the company and the brand. So, yeah, I don't think this changes the WWE too much. I think ultimately this is for the best. 
I think ultimately moving forward out of what the business was when Vince was there is a good thing and only a good thing because they were really stuck in the past. But he did have uh, kind of his grand finale farewell during this year's uh, right. WrestleMania that was in Austin, Texas. Right. Or not Austin, Dallas, Texas, Dallas, uh, Texas. AT&T Stadium. Yeah. Um, SummerSlam is next Saturday in Nashville. And then WrestleMania coming up is going to be in Los Angeles, which I think it's at SoFi Stadium, which I think he really <laughs> wanted to be at. Yeah, so well. So if everything gets swept under the rug, he may make an appearance. But I doubt it. I he think is he's officially done. like retired. Yeah, I think he's man. done. Um, yeah, so, so we've seen lots of times where they retire and they come unretired. Here's Looking a at you, old man Tom Brady. Yeah. Still co- coming in the NFL season. Here's a theory I saw that I wanted to get your temperature on about why this is happening now. Not just because of the allegations, but it seems like also uh, it may have to do with the recent layoffs that they've had, the like the like like the shortening of the budget that they've seen lately. It seems like they're trying to slim down. And as we've talked about a lot recently Whenever in this podcast, down, they're trying to get sold. So do you think that that's part of this? Do you think Vince, they basically forced Vince to leave because they wanted a clean package for, say, a company like, I don't know, Comcast to buy them outright? Oh, I was going to go with um, Warner Media. Or... Really? Okay. Well, they already well, well, made the deal with Comcast for the Peacock. Yeah, stuff, right? uh, as soon as I said that, I was like, wait, but no, they're on Peacock. That's why a lot of people think that this is a no-brainer for Comcast yeah. to just eat them up. Because that's all. Then they own all of the revenue that comes from those streams. Nothing is going to anywhere else. It's just this is the home of wrestling. Now. And you get everyone to sign up for Peacock. It also makes sense to strengthen the like to strengthen the, sports, the company right now. When, in sports and sports entertainment. Yes, when section. for the first time they have serious competition with AEW. Yep. This is the time to do it, and so it makes sense to get rid of the old baggage, slim down your package, get bought. And then finally fight AEW on your own terms. This is what I think is happening. Well, it's not fight AEW. It's uh, squash the competition. Yeah, I know. But that is the competition. Compared to what else? That's, I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> the thing. NXT squashes AEW. No, no, I don't no, no, watch no, no, this NXT. No, 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 no. I think you underestimate how big AEW oh, is. Oh, no, I really do. Because yeah. <laughs> a, lot of, cause a lot of former wrestlers... It's huge. Move over to went over to AEW. For a lot of wrestlers, for a lot of, wrestlers. For a lot of wrestling fans, it is wrestling now. Like yep. the WWE got eclipsed by what stuff that they're being able to do on AEW. There's going to be a video game next year. Mm-hmm. That's how big they're becoming. So no, I think they see the competition and they see the threat, and they needed to make a move with Vince. They needed to get rid of the baggage. I mean, you need to get rid of that baggage no matter what. Yeah. It, so yeah, sold or not sold. That was just heavy baggage that was overweight. So it was an iron fist that (laughs) now that it's been levied, they can now rise like a hot air balloon. I would love to see the company be cool again. I would love to see uh, the most mainstream wrestling company be like what they should be and like and really act and have a compelling product again instead of being weighed down by those the people that they really yeah, just like keep making bad decisions for them. So good news, so, hopefully. Yeah. Um, I mean, I never thought I'd live to see the day that Vince McMahon right. retired. I really thought he was going to die there. Yeah. Guess not. All right. All right. Um, uh, anything else in sports that we should talk about before we move on? Kyler Murray got paid too, 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 too much. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it'll be an Arizona Cardinal. Uh, trading camp begins next week, this upcoming um, 
Monday, I believe, is when training camp begins mm-hmm. because it is one week left until August, and that's the start of football season. Yes. Oh, baby. Get ready. It's a coming. Get ready. Fantasy football is right around the corner. <laughs> well, until then, let's move on to television news. And our first story actually does have a crossover with sports, but we'll get there. It's about Prime Video, Amazon streaming service that has, man, got really old really quickly, didn't it? Have you opened up Prime Video Yes, recently? I recently looked at it last week, and I was like, oh, the UI is so bad. This looks like it jumped out of 2009. Well, guess what? Someone heard you. <laughs> well, someone may have not have heard me, but they definitely were thinking about this yes. because Amazon will indeed launch a major redesign of its major streaming redesign. service. Yes, this week that includes a clearer emphasis on Amazon Originals, live programming, and the streamers' most watched titles on their homepage. The homepage will now include an updated navigation menu. Thank God, with easier access to live programming and sports with streaming channels organized similarly to a live TV program guide that allows viewers to see what shows are currently airing and coming up next. This is similar to stuff that Peacock has been doing, mm-hmm. as well as some other streaming services. I want to say Paramount Plus also has yes. something like this. Because it's not HBO Max. Yes. The sports navigation refresh will likely be key as Amazon prepares to exclusively stream Thursday Night Football later this fall. Prime Video's homepage will also feature a top 10 carousel, just like Netflix's, with the most viewed titles on the streaming service in an effort to highlight shows and films exclusive to Amazon. So yes, much, much needed uh, clean, cleaning up here, much, much needed redesign. Why not uh, showcase the things that make your service special? Like, why not go for exclusives first? It's what Netflix does. It's what Apple TV, it's what Plus, Apple TV Plus does. does. They're very good. A lot of these other services have been very good at showcasing these things. Amazon has not. And so to see a re- revitalization of their UI is long past due, and I'm glad they're doing it. Yeah, that's one of the things that keeps turning me off from uh, Prime yeah. Video is that Hard to you find don't know, that. one, you don't know what, it'll say what's well, an Amazon original, but it's not like, here's all the Amazon originals, unless you yeah. we go over to it. Um, yeah. It's a mishmash of... Here's TV that you can watch that may be that may or may not be included. Here's right. TV that you can buy. You have to look at that Here's icon, that small that little icon in the corner of the thing to see whether it's something that's included in your subscription. Right. It's like you need to make that obvious. Separate those two things into two ecosystems, like everybody else does. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So yeah, it's hopefully they'll work on that stuff. Hopefully yep. it'll be better and uh, maybe it'll be easier to use. Yep. The rollout should be by the end of the month, which is. Like I said, by the end of next week. But yes, new fresh UI uh, for Amazon's Prime Video. Uh, Apparently, this was like 18 months in the making. Yeah. I don't know why it took you 18 months to figure it out. I don't know, but (laughs) hopefully now we'll see a change. Yes. Let's move on to our second story. Verizon Fios has brought down the axe on a controversial network, OAN. Verizon Fios, currently the largest pay TV platform that's still carrying those idiots, announced on Thursday afternoon that it had been unable to come to terms with the network's owners on a new agreement and would no longer carry the channel after this month. Quote, Since we were unable to reach an agreement, effective July 31st, 2022, we will no longer have the rights to provide our customers with this programming, and it will be removed from the Fios TV lineup. Unquote. Currently, the only cable provider in the U.S. still offering OAN is Alaska-based General Communications Incorporated. Unfortunately for the network, GCI is only available in a little over 100,000 households and is looking to completely ditch cable just for streaming. 
Beyond that, OAN is available on little-known digital platforms, Vifgo and Cloud TV. That's K-L-O-W-D. <laughs> Cloud with a K. Wondering. Yes, Cloud with a K and a W. And a W. Following DirecTV's decision uh, last week, I believe, to drop the pro-Trump channel, depriving OAN of its biggest revenue stream by far, the channel has gone through an existential, existential crisis. Besides dealing with a talent exodus and dropping employee morale, One American News also faces billion-dollar lawsuits over the election lies spread by his hosts. And just like the Vince McMahon story, good riddance, we hardly wanted you anyways. Yep, I'm waiting for them to drag OAN into these... Um... January 6th insurrection hearings. Oh, God. Uh, and just, like, play their clips, like, what did you mean here? Yeah. Look at this. <laughs> you, like, you, this is the reason. This is part of the cause. Yeah, it's so funny because they always advertise themselves like, oh, we're even, like, we're even more truthy than Fox News. They were, like, trying to ride on the coattails of the people who Fox News Trumpism. is their Bible and try to be like, no, but we don't even bother inviting the uh, the, 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 the uh, liberals on here. We're not even going to try. We're going to be the most conservative right-wing thing you've ever seen. Please and it's backfired come, on them. Come enter our echo chamber, however yes. small it may be. So, yeah, honestly, I'm glad that these media companies are realizing how toxic this company is and how everything they're saying is stupid and lying. So yeah, no, it's 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 good to see them being slowly pushed out of every service that they want to be. Uh, three years too late. Yeah, yeah, but hey, what are you gonna do? All right, we watched a couple, or you watched a couple of things on television beyond the All Star stuff that we talked about. Yep. But one of them does have to do with sports because it's Manly Man Tears time. Manly Man Tears time. The ESPYS were this past weekend. Uh, congratulations, Shohei Otani, for being yes. the Athlete of the Year. Or male athlete of the year. Yes, and what was the wonderful thing he said? It was, uh, it was have a wonderful, every, like have a wonderful everything and enjoy your after parties. Yes, <laughs> the man can never not be great. Um, There's also very heavy presence on Brittany Griner throughout yes. the show. Yes, and not just because Steph Curry was hosting, but there was a lot of emphasis on Brittany Griner. Not just like I said, not just from the host, but also from. A lot of the speeches. I'm honestly Megan shocked. Rapino I'm honestly well. shocked we still see no movement from the government on that. Um, there was also a lot of praising of Title IX. I think it was the 30th? Yeah, 50th? 30th anniversary. Or 50th, 50th anniversary? 50th anniversary? Yeah, seven, that sounds right. 70. Yeah, because 70s. Yeah. So 50th anniversary of um, the Title IX um, started with Mickey Geithner and Mickey Guyton singing yeah. with Billie Jean King doing yeah. an intro. And then slowly, all the women, at, at women athletes affected from Title IX going forward, um, came out from the shadows and be like, "This, I'm an effect of Title IX," and yeah. it's just, oh, so moving, it's cool, so moving. But yeah, manly man tears we're shed, shedding them right now. Pardon <laughs> me. Uh, it does it. That's supposed to do it to good. It's yeah, that's their thing. Yep. Um, unfortunately, best team was not the LA Rams. It, they voted for the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, sure. Uh, lots of fun jokes being poked at Steph Curry and Draymond Green throughout the show. As you do. As you do. As you do. Because, uh, you know, off-court drama <laughs> leads to better comedies. Of course. Uh, I kind of wish that they would have Seth Meyers come out and be like, they said Seth was hosting. I'm Seth. <laughs> oh, You're oh, Seth. Oh. No, it's Steph, not Seth. Oh, my bad. Uh, you know. 
you know. There you go. You have a future writing for writing awful uh, d exchanges for award shows. Yes, <laughs> hire me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah, uh, any other notable uh, things that happened or awards won? Uh, Albert Pujols won hey! for the um, Muhammad Ali per Fighting Award. Okay. Uh, that, was a, that was a surprise one because I didn't expect that one. Okay. Um, the Pat Tillman Heroism Award, uh, the Arthur Ashe Courage Award continues as well. Uh, any other big awards or upsets or shocks? Not that I can think of. Okay. Pretty much uh, standard throughout. Standard ESPYs. Standard ESPYs. Okay. Nothing really cool. too shocking. Pretty much called everything. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yep. Okay, cool. Those happened. You also watched something else? Yes. Immediately following the All-Star Game. Oh, was, that's right. This is what this is. Okay, yeah. This is. Uh, following the All-Star Game was the first episode of yes. The Catton. So, I saw this was going to happen. Uh, Christy and I actually went to dinner uh, right after the All-Star Game, so we missed this. But it was playing. We went to the Tudo Fresco. Nice. Now, and uh, they were playing it on the TV until somebody, I guess, at another table requested that it be muted. So I heard, like, the first 20 minutes of The Captain. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, so this is a docuseries, not too dissimilar to The Last Dance. Yes. But about Derek Jeter. So, not too dissimilar from Man in the Arena. Yes. Which also. followed Tom Brady. And yes, not too dissimilar from The Last Dance. Um, this is the baseball version of that, <laughs> following Derek Jeter, yes. the captain of the New York Yankees for, God, 20 years? A long time. Something like that. Uh, first episode is Humble Beginnings. How he was a rookie, how he fell in love with the game of baseball, uh, inspiration and help from his family to become good, to get good, and then his first uh, unofficial season as a New York Yankees uh, during the 1995 playoffs. Either 94 95. Okay. Uh, playoffs where they eventually lost, but Derek Jeter just being in the clubhouse, not officially on the 27-man the, uh, roster, but being in the dugout in uniform, can't play, wanting to play, can't play, but just being around um, the legends that is the New York Yankees, Yankee Stadium, um, George Steinbrenner, all that kind of stuff. Right. Like why he was drafted. like the, Basically the humble beginnings of what would become Derek Jeter. Yeah. Second episode in the preview, kind of more of what I want to see and what uh, I'm interested in. Because growing up, like uh, Yankees, biggest thing on TV. Oh, because yeah. it was, they were... Like the headliners of yeah. non-national games, it was, it was, the national, the national televised games, and yeah, the '90s, we, we saw another dynasty of World Series wins from them. Yep, um, big Yankees fan, um, just from like dad being Yankees fan, so I'm a Yankees. And just fan. the atmosphere, just the too. atmosphere. They were inescapable being, for a while. Yeah, there. I mean, who doesn't love a winner? <laughs> uh, it will be interesting to see when it gets to like episode three or four with yeah. 9-11. And the yeah. fallout from that. It'll also be interesting, and what I'm kind of most interested in here is that they said that there will be a lot of stuff about the off-the-field life of Jeter, and he did have a weird-ass life. Uh, so I'm really interested to see what happens when they get to his fame and him dealing with that and his relationships and all that baggage that happens later. Quote-unquote baggage, because yeah. forever like, long he's been in the league, a lot of the... any drama that followed him was off-field in relationships and not uh -huh. anything that followed him onto the field. That's what I'm saying, is that's going to be interesting, that contrast there. Mm 
is going to be interesting to see what they do with that. Yeah, because uh, unlike other players, looking at you, Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> yes, I was actually thinking about a <laughs> Um, who had drama both on uh, and off the field. Yes, absolutely. Um, also, Derek Jeter lived through Jer- and played... Derek Jeter. Yes, Derek Jeter. <laughs> Derek Jeter lived through and played in the steroid era yes, he of did. baseball. It's true. So, it's going to be interesting to see yeah. if they cover that oh, at they all. have to, right? They have to. They have to. It's a big part of baseball. Like, right. Here he is playing against the steroid era of yeah. pitchers, of hitters, and be like, does this get him down is this i mean he couldn't compete right it's the thing is that like when it became the huge home run battle he could not compete in that anymore what if this is the um the lance armstrong thing all over again where it's like yes i actually did take steroids oh you think that that, no i don't think that that's what this is not not the the lance armstrong i did dope no i don't think that's what this is no no i don't think so i mean yes it would totally ruin his image but he has also been out of the league. I think if there was enough, enough, if there was more distance from it, and if the league seemed like they were ready to distance themselves from it, I think yes. But I don't think they are because we saw what happened with the, the Hall of Fame, Fame vote last year. Yes. The league is still not willing to admit they're not going to their history. It. They don't want to. It's a black spot. Yeah, and they're never going to obviously if they still haven't. I don't think it's something they're interested in doing. They should. They should. It's your history. You should talk about it. So we'll see. We'll see how the rest of this thing. But yeah, I want to watch this and I want to catch up on it because yeah, it does seem interesting. I don't have. I unlike you, do not have a whole lot of history with the Yankees uh, franchise, and I do not have any a whole lot of knowledge except for very generalized knowledge about Derek Jeter. So this would be a learning experience for me as a more uh, recent uh, baseball fan. So yeah, it'd be interesting. I'm sure somewhere in like the trunk of like a. <laughs> Bot, but the trunk of a box somewhere in um, my parents' house <laughs> is second grader me doing a history, like <laughs> a, a Who's Your Hero project on Aww, Derek Jeter. Oh, that's cute. That's wonderful. I'm pretty sure that still exists somewhere. <laughs> to dig that up. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But it's going to be there. It's going to be there. All right. Well, oh, yeah, the captain. that's the captain. So that is in progress right now. And that's on ESPN, ESPN Plus. Yep. That's it right now, right? Yeah, because the ESPN yeah. uh, film joint. It, they did not make a Netflix deal like they did with The Last Dance, so this is not there. No. Okay. Uh, it's, it's like Man in the Arena. It's it'll come to on, Disney Plus later. It'll be on Disney Plus later <laughs> once the final episodes come out. That checks out. All right, anything else on television to mention before we move on? Uh, I did end up with watching a Generation Gap. Yeah, it's fun, right? It's yeah. like it's all right. It's okay. There was not a new one this week, so there's only the two episodes so far. Uh, I feel like it's geared at our generation who's caught right in the middle right yeah no because christy and i like we're pretty good at, at all of it yes and so we're like well it's because we had like boomer parents and right. <laughs> so it's like we know that stuff and then and then we're currently living through current and history, social media social keeps media. us relatively up to date so yeah and a weekly podcast keeps us relatively up to date oh, yeah maybe we're exceptions to yes rule, but let's move on then into cancellations and renewals all right what am i no longer watching Jesus and miro broke up yeah uh, they had a big, uh, that was kind of the big uh, news in podcast and television world yep, this week. They had week. a big falling out. Uh, yeah, so uh, uh, they kind of made an impre- impact on podcasting and on like their show on Showtime. That will end uh, at its fourth season as they have announced that they will be t- taking creative separation. They will be doing separate things. Yeah, so uh, I think they were signed forward. on for a fifth season, yeah. but they never shot anything for it and they just 
broke up, I guess, decided yep. they didn't want to do it anymore. So, uh, bye. Bye. Good uh, luck in well, the future. Maybe we'll get there eventually. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we will also have that impact. No. Uh, no, we won't. It's not on culture. Uh, next up, FX has renewed Breeders. I don't know what that is, but it's a disgusting name. For fourth season. And hey, good news for you. Sci-fi somehow brought back Resident Alien from the perceived like dead. Like we thought this was done. I thought so too. Those yeah. damn half seasons. Yeah. So third season of Resident Alien on its way. And then just one death to talk about. Really young one though. Jack Knight, age 28. Comedian, writer, actor. Uh, was recently in things like Big Mouth, Bust Down, and Blackish. Yeah, Whew. 28 young. Yikes, that's young. Up and coming comedian. Yeah, that's sad. Writer. Do we know why? Uh, I think. So I'm not going to speculate. So I don't want to get it wrong. So no. Yeah, let's not. So well, yes. Condolences then uh, to friends and family. That's brutal. Yep. Let's move on into the final section of this show today. You see, this is not a long show. Oh. Depends on how long we go on the movies, though. Yeah, we're we'll going to go along the movies. Uh, we always start the movie section with the box office numbers, and this weekend, Thor: Love and Thunder came in number one. Again, but notably, $46.6 million, the biggest drop for a Marvel movie, right? Yeah, it's a $100 million drop. Yeah, that's a huge bit difference for a Marvel film, and it sets a new record for biggest drop there. So it is at domestically only at 233. Yikes! Should Disney be concerned? Not a whole lot of word of mouth saying, like, you have to go out and see this. No, in fact, the opposite. It seems like a lot of people are pretty down on this one. Mm -hmm. Makes you wonder, is maybe the Jets cooling a little bit on the Marvel stuff? Well, I think because it's not connecting to anything. It's a very standalone. Okay, maybe. And Thor is no longer big enough to support his own movie. Are we looking like back to Thor 1 and Thor 2 films? Was he ever? That's the thing, though. No, he was never. That's the thing, is I wonder if this is just because it's a Thor film? Or whether, like, I guess we'll have to wait till the next re- big release to find out ultimately what this means. Uh, the next one's going to be uh, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever right. coming out in November, yes. which we still do not have a teaser oh, for. We still don't know enough it as of like... this recording. Yeah, um, today. They were today. Maybe uh, Comic Con. Yeah. Hall H probably going to have something. Well, we'll see. We'll but, definitely yeah, see. As of right now, us talking to you <laughs> of this recording, we do not know there is no current trailer out. Um, yes. Speaking of, yeah, bring up Speaking stuff of. for later. But in the meantime, yes. the rest of your top uh, five here. Number two, Minions, The Rise of Gru, with another $26 million. That's at $263 million. Number three, Where the Crawdads Sing, with another seventeen or with a $17 million debut this week. Number four, Top Gun Maverick, $12 million, adding to its $618 million total. That will be your best performing movie of the year. Yeah, it will be. Uh, unless somehow Wakanda Forever beats it. Uh, I doubt in two months. Maybe. I don't know. Could Not happen. two months. People love Black Panther. Yeah, but it, even Black Panther took at least four. Yeah. Like, yeah. Maybe. 600 is a lot. And number five, uh, Boss Lerman's Elvis with another $8.8 million. That's at $106 million. That's probably doing pretty decent with the budget that it probably had. I mean, it's $100 million with Tom Hanks yeah. and uh, so, yeah. Butler. Austin Butler. Yeah, so I'm sure it's doing okay. Yeah. And then, uh, in case you're wondering what your other debut last week was, well, uh, Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank only made $6.3 million. So, how come Fully knock off? That is a bomb. 
That is not going to make its money. Yeah, that's a Hong Kong Fui knockoff. All right, let's move on to this upcoming weekend. Uh, we have just one uh, big, uh, big release. No, two big releases. Two. We have too many um, dates on here. Uh, it's two big releases. Uh, Vengeance. Which you're going to have to remind me what Vengeance is. Vengeance is the Adam Scott movie where uh, he's an uh, uh, investigative reporter in a small town in Texas trying to figure out what's going on. Okay. To what happened to his brother or brother-in-law. Okay. Uh, but yeah, investigative reporting, um, Adam Scott. Okay, cool. Mm, not that much violence, but kind of Aaron Brockovich, at least based more on the trailers. A, more of a, like a... Lawyer mystery yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, okay. All right, interesting. And then also for families, DC League of Super Pets is finally out this week after being delayed from last year. Yep, this is the Dwayne Johnson, Rockheart, yes. We Are Dogs movie. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like every time they show this, uh, uh, like it seems like maybe a little bit like better, but I don't have very much faith in a movie built on Super Pets, uh, especially since, uh, I don't know. It just seems like they're really trying to push the celebrity angle on it, and it just rubs me the wrong way. So, yeah, if you have kids, though, they might want to see this. Talking Animals, always a hit. Yeah, Talking Animals is also, like, celebrities voicing animals, yeah. doing animated things. Yeah. Expect poop jokes. Yeah, expect poop jokes. Let's move on into movie news. Our first story here takes us to a, uh, a t technology in film developer, Pixelworks. They are the developer of the award-winning True Cut Motion platform. And they have announced that they will be working with James Cameron, specifically his Lightstorm Entertainment Company, on multiple motion picture titles. Quote, We're bringing Avatar, the first one, and Titanic back to the big screen, looking better in every way, says James Cameron about this. We will be presenting both films in 4K with high, high dynamic range visuals and have been working with Pixelworks' True Cut Motion platform to remaster the films in high frame rate while keeping the cinematic look of the original. Okay, good stop you there, James. That's the sentence doesn't make sense to me, because if you're pre presenting them in high frame rate, it's not going to look like the cinematic look of the original, yep. because everybody knows what those look like, and this is not going to look like that. So by high frame rate, he's talking about going from 24 frames yes. to 28 frames. Yeah, like I guess, it's right? It's a higher frame rate. It's a higher frame rate. <laughs> so yeah, high frame rate, they've experimented with this in the past, not James Cameron specifically, but big studios, the Hobbit films. Yep. Uh, they tested this. From what I understand is people are very divided about people are very, high frame rate films. Yes, because people are very used to 24 yeah. frames for film, 30 for TV, 60 for video games. And so if it looks too weird... I've, so I've, the higher frame rate, the more video game-esque you yeah. get. I see a lot of people compare it to like the difference between uh, soap opera... Uh, on TV and in regular program filmed for television yes. is like you get a little bit of a weird vibe from it. It's like, oh, this move is a little too smooth kind of thing. See, it's weird vibe because we're not used to it. Right, exactly. That's the only reason. It's like when HD came out. Oh, this is weird. I'm seeing more, but it's less because people weren't adjusting to it yet. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see these other films, these older films, Avatar and Titanic especially. Titanic, may I remind you, is from 1997. Well, this so this will be Titanic's fifth release. Re-release, re yeah. Re -release? They did it in 3D. They've done yeah, so they many did times. 3D. They've done the 20th anniversary. Yeah. They've done the 100th anniversary of the sinking. Yeah. Uh, they they're doing this version. This will be the fifth 
re-release of Titanic. I'm just saying, James Cameron knows how to make money, and re-releasing your films is a good way to do that. Well, this is a way for Titanic to try and pass Avatar again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah just, just back and forth. Back or, or, and forth. Or, or his films to pass uh, the Avengers films. Oh, well, Avatar will do it thanks to this, I'm, yes. I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, interesting ideas, but I'm not sure if I'm totally sold, So what I'll say. Because of this news, and because this is going to be rolled out, I assume, this year... This is why I give credence to earlier on the podcast oh. of Avatar, okay. The Way of Water, being pushed back. I don't think so. I think there's too much riding on them having a big tentpole release that even James Cameron, I don't think, can argue. Yes, but it coming out it's this a tentpole release in December on Christmas yeah. Day. I don't. I think it'll hit. I still. I. Do you want to bet? You want to bet money on this podcast? Do you want to bet that I mean, Avatar have, will come out in 2022? I mean, I already have a bet going, a side bet going on with someone else that Avatar: The Way of Water would. Make over a hundred million dollars opening oh. weekend. Well, that's easy. That's an easy <laughs> bet to make. That's a no-brainer bet to make. That's why I made the bet. Yeah, I don't smart. know why I, I, I was proposed this bet. Yeah, no, you're gonna win that bet. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to bet on it. But yeah, I do. I do think that it will make the calendar year. But we'll see. All right, now we re- we we move over to reporting live from the field from Comic Con. Oh, Is there definitely reporting breaking? live. Uh, let's see here. Breaking news right now. Currently, they're going through Shazam. So DC is the one that's going on right now. Moving forward with Shazam. Shazam. sequel to Shazam. Yep, Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Okay. Uh, Lucy Liu apparently will be in. Okay, all right. Uh, She has come out and walked on stage. I'll take it. Not going to be much away. Okay. But she will be there. um, And Helen Mirren and Rachel Ziegler will also be in the film. Wow, what a cast. Yep. a lot of Shazam news going on right now. Okay. Um, it, they literally like just started. Okay. Um, I think Lucy Liu is going to be the villain. So basically, you're saying Shazam. that our podcast was too fast. We don't actually have that much news to report. Well, that's why I was trying to uh, <laughs> stretch it out. But we do have news. <laughs> Not my fault. We don't have stuff to talk about. I know, but it's literally going on like right now as yeah. we speak. So um, there's so yesterday. I'll just squeeze in here with yeah. it. Um, yesterday, Disney or Marvel revealed stuff for the Disney Plus series. A lot of his TV shows. Yes, this is film section, yeah. but the film section of Marvel is going on later today at five o'clock. Yes, uh, West Coast time. Currently, right now, uh, we're recording this about ten thirty a.m. Yeah. West Coast time. Yeah, and DC Warner Brothers is currently presenting right now in Hall H. So news is slowly trickling out. Maybe by the time we go through our thoughts, we'll have more Maybe. news we can talk about. We'll double check, but for now, just assume that things are happening. Yes. We'll definitely have a full breakdown next weekend. Okay. Or next week's next podcast. Next week's podcast, we will talk about all the Comic-Con news. But in the meantime, we do have a couple of thoughts about movies. We both saw movies, and uh, I think movies that... Maybe we'll be talking about later this year. You mean like at the end of the year? At least personally for me, yes. Okay. Uh, but yes, uh, why don't you start? You saw the big release this week. Nope. Yes, you did. Nope. Yes, you did. Nope. Yes, you did. Nope. You saw a nope. Nope. Uh, Jordan Peele's nope. Yep. 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 <laughs> nope. Yep, you saw a nope. Yep. Yes, no. Yes, yes. nope. Yes. All right. Um, What's Who's th- our third? Yeah, exa- Exactly. <laughs> Let's talk about Nope. Yeah. So, Jordan Peele's third film. Yes. Nope. You know, following up Get Out and Us. Yes. Um, this is Jordan Peele firmly going into horror film. Oh, yeah. But also with uh, the added subtext and layers that you'd come to expect. 
following Get Out and He has us. carved out a niche for himself. Yes. For sure. Um, especially when you... He's very... An auteur by this point. Oh, yeah. Especially with his third film. where he has a style. He's got a style where it's going to open up. You're not going to know what's going on. And then slowly things will be given to you. Things will get put into place. And by the time you get to the third act, you're like, <laughs> okay, here's the spectacle now. Right. And very much the same thing with Nope. Which can be both a good thing and a bad thing, depending on where you land on. Sure. Um, what Nope does well, uh, at least personally, not going to be for everyone, is uh-huh. that it delves well into Hollywood. Uh-huh. Uh, and Hollywood in terms of working with animals. And not just Hollywood working with animals, but people interacting with animals. A lot of subtext going on there with uh, humans controlling nature, trying to understand things of nature and make nature work for humans, following scripts. But things don't always go too well, especially if you don't obey by nature's laws. Right. There's also a lot of subtext going on um, with practical versus spectacle. Is it better to have practical effects or special effects? Is it easier to do stuff that is more practical or do something that is more special? Also, a lot of subtext layers on um, how Hollywood interacts with having the shot, the spectacle shot, the money shot. Um, <laughs> What in a world where everything can be digitized, how can you make sure that something that is fantastical and feel more real and like show, showing the burden of proof, hmm. especially when you can have VFX shots essentially thrown into anything? Yeah, seems like it's doing a lot. Oh, it's a lot of layers. Yeah. Have you not seen a Jordan Peele film? I mean, yes, but. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, like, good, good for him. But like, yeah, so like, does it pull off, pull, pull off all of this? Does it like, it does it seem like it makes this all into a tidy package that's understandable for most people? No. Oh, okay. But that but. being said, it does deserve rewatches. Um, well, of course, yeah. As most Jordan Peele films do. Yeah. Um, lot. I highly suggest watching this once. Uh-huh. At least in theaters, it's definitely a good spectacle in theaters. Take some time with it. Think about it. Let bowl around in your head, uh, and then watch it again when it comes out on streaming or okay. uh, Blu-ray, and then you'll may have a better appreciation of it. Uh, much in the same way that I, I had a better appreciation watching Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness a second time when it was on streaming. Yeah. Now that I knew going in, okay, here's what's going to happen. Here's what the horror elements that are going to happen. I can like understand and kind of follow a lot better than everything being thrown at me all at once. Right. That makes sense. Unlike everything, everywhere, all at once, which I was able to um, pretty much follow all the way through. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, I am throwing that in there yet constantly this week. Well, I mean, yes, but it had to be somewhere. But yeah, I really enjoyed. Nope, I really enjoyed the acting. Congratulations, oh. Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. Uh, please give this man an Oscar. It's about uh, time, right? Um, like, because uh, I know he was nominated for Ju- yeah. uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah, he did not win. Didn't win. Should have. Should have. Didn't. Nope. Uh, Kiki Palmer is also in this really good acting. They play really good brother-sister dynamic mm-hmm. duo. Uh, Steven Young is also in here. Uh, him of Minari fame. Speckle. The, huh? Speckle on yep. Tuca and Birdie. Yep. <laughs> uh, I always have the, to mention Tuca and Birdie. <laughs> as the uh, antagonist here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, lots of layers, lots of subtext. Cool. A lot of it may be 
thrown past you in your face because you're expecting one thing, but then given another. Yeah. But that is also Jordan Peele's style of setting you up expecting one thing and then turning around and making it something right. else. How does it compare to his previous work? Uh, does this reach the heights of Get Out, or does we does it kind of settle where it's kind of where Us was? I think it's better than Us. Okay. Uh, but not as good as Get Out because it's kind of really hard to hit the highs. That it was is, Get yeah. Out. It was a moment. <laughs> there was a moment. It's also very straightforward, and you can tell what was going on, what was happening, how it was, everything was conveyed. Whereas Us, it, you don't get the full picture until the very end. Whereas here, you get the full picture about halfway through, but then the very end when you realize what they're trying to do, yeah. and like they kind of set everything up for the third act, you're like, okay, now I'm just in here for the ride. Okay. Very Spielberg-esque. Sure. Especially okay. that third act. All right. Interesting. Okay. That's quite... That's high praise. It's, it's very high praise. Um, once again, <laughs> this thing will be nominated for Academy Awards. Sure. I don't have to tell you that. It's yeah. Jordan Peele. Right. It's, it's dope. It's great cast. Yeah. Great writing. I'm happy for him. I'm, I'm glad that, that, that he, after kind of Us, was a little... I mean, a little, I feel like, underwhelming for a lot of people. My problem with Us was that if you thought sat with it and thought yeah. about it for a long while... Things started to not make sense, especially when you consider, like, what if people travel cross-country? Yeah. What are you doing there? What's so, it saying? Yeah, so it's good to see him, like, bounce back a little bit here. It seems like this yes. is pretty universally loved already. Yes. this is more grounded than yeah. Us was. A lot easier to follow. That's good. Um, so I'd rank Get Out, Nope, and then Us. Cool. Great. I'm glad that they're, they're all in, like, like, the 85 to 95% range there, so... Well, I'm glad it's good. I will eventually see it, just like Get Out. I probably will see it months after. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad that it's good. And but, uh, uh, congratulations to George Peele. Definitely watch it before the end of the year. Okay, I should. I probably should. When, I'm sure it'll be on streaming at some point. Yeah, but yeah, a lot of it is like Hollywood-driven, um, Hollywood-esque, very like inside baseball. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But at the same time, it's also conveers to like the commonplace especially talking about like ufos and trying to capture like do aliens exist mm. interesting all right well that's nope i also have a, have a movie that i'm going to say you should absolutely watch before the end of the year and i'm talking about one we've talked about for a few weeks here waiting for it to get wide released yes a24s yes a24s marcel the shell with shoes on so this will probably right. be the second A24 yes. film that we're going to highly praise this year. Yes. For context, uh, if you aren't familiar with Marcel, do yourself a favor. Go onto YouTube and just search his original videos. I say his. You know what I mean. Uh, so it, they, uh, the Marcel character debuted in a series of YouTube videos way, way back then from creator Dean Fleischer Camp and co-creator uh, Jenny Slate. Um, that Jenny Slate? That Jenny Slate. Um, basically, the concept is is like Marcel, as the name implies, is a shell uh, with shoes on. Uh, and it was a little diminutive arts and crafts project, like one of those little things you pick up at the at the gift shop outside the beach or something. Um, and it's about his the videos, uh, the original videos are just about him like hanging out in a big house, having big house adventures with little like being a little shell. So a lot of the jokes were around like uh, how he gets around and like oh like he. He rides on a beetle as a car, or he like hang glides with a Dorito, and like it's about his interacting with the narrator, who is Dean Fleischer Camp, and like just cute little cute little vignettes about living his daily life. So they took that concept and blew it up to a 90-minute movie. And you're thinking like, how could they possibly do that? Mm -hmm. Well, the way they did that 
is by injecting it with the most sweet, like heartstrings tugging story about family and death and loss and like what it means to like have relationships. They packed it so full of like of feelings of emotion that it was one of the most touching like experiences I've had with a movie in a very, very long time. Did you cry? Several times. Oh no. We're talking like Pixar levels of sobbing in your seat. Like Coco levels of sobbing? Uh, that was the, uh, the last time that happened to me, yes, was a Coco. And I think this is, the sec- this is the time since then that has happened to me. This movie is so cute. But don't worry, it's also extremely funny. Marcel still has a lot of funny observations to make about the world that he lives in and this giant house he finds himself in. Except now there's context. Now you know why he's alone in this house. Now you know why, like who the people that surround him, in, including the narrator who is Dean Fleischer Camp playing a fictionalized version of himself, okay. who posts the videos about Marcel on YouTube. That is a plot point that that actually happened. So you are basically so, like, supposed to believe that Marcel actually exists. Yes. And uh, I don't want to spoil how it goes from there because I feel like living that experience, like I said, it has to do with family and Marcel's connections and like whether he wants to be alone in that house or maybe maybe there is some like out there some like up family out there that he needs to find and track down uh, it's just so touching and so cute and the effects are quietly some of the most impressive effects i've seen in a long time marcel is stop motion at least yeah. you think he is uh, it seems like there may have been also some like digital uh visual effects kind of put in there as well to try to do some of the shots that maybe would have hard, been harder to pull off in full stop motion animation. A surprisingly, a lot, a surprisingly a lot of effects studios worked on this film uh, is what you can find out by watching the, the entirety of the credits, which I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, there's just a lot of cute moments with like things you're like, wait, how did they pull that off? Like, how did they do that in effects work? Which is funny for a movie that seems like a low budget thing like this. Um, but it is not low budget in, in quality, is what I will say. It is like from moment from the beginning to the end. I will have to say, if you are familiar with those original videos, I think there's three original videos, you will notice that they do redo some of the jokes from those videos, which I think is fine. It's been a while. And also, there are people who are going to come into this not knowing about those anyways. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to be, like, it's not too big of a deal. But, and to me, it was kind of like, oh, okay, that's cute that they got that joke in. Uh, that kind of thing. Now, so, did you watch the videos before watching? Recently, recently? Yes. Once yes. I once I saw the trailer, I, Christy hadn't seen them, so I showed Christy all of them. Okay. And so those were fresh in my mind going into this experience. But if you were somebody maybe who watched those 10 years ago and haven't seen them in a while, then maybe it will be like, oh, that's right. That was from the video originally. Um, but it does so much work to flesh out that world and make it seem lived in and make it like seem much bigger than what those videos were able to accomplish. It exists on its own and does not require you to have knowledge of that uh, at all. It's, like I said, just cute, touching, um, just like, I want to say more about the, where the story goes, but I want it to be an experience that you see for yourself uh, because it's, it's really well done with how the emotional stakes kind of ratchet up. And ultimately, it's a warm, fuzzy ending, and it's just, yeah, it's just a, such a pleasant, wonderful time in the movies. It is, by far, my favorite movie I've seen all year. Well, I mean, let's Absolutely. 
Oh, wait, because you weren't high on uh, everything I everywhere I was all not at once. big on everything everywhere all at once. You, I think this is... you a, walked out in the me, middle of it. No, I, I missed one scene. You anyway, went to the bathroom. I went to the bathroom. I had to go to the bathroom. Anyways, like, so I think this movie for me is giving me the reaction that everybody had for that movie, I think. Okay. It is that impressive to me. They're doing some interesting things with storytelling, and they're doing some interesting things with taking such a very simple concept and really blowing it up in all the ways that it needed to. It's just so cute and touching and makes you, and, and like, contemplative about life. You wouldn't think that would come out of a little shell, but it does. And I think it's quite a movie. And yeah, it, my, I think it's the best thing I've seen all year. I may watch it this week. Yeah, check it out. I think it's worth it. Uh, it's, I don't know if you need, it's a movie that is begging to be seen on the big screen, but I encourage you to see it now and not wait because it, I think it's that good. Yes. Um, well, a um, little bit of side movie news. Okay. It, in, just because it's dealing with A24, yes. if you like A24 films um, and want to see more of their back catalog, like Room uh, with Brie Larson, yeah. like Ex Machina, yeah. um, the, most of the A24 catalog will be coming to HBO Max ah, okay, cool. in the coming months. That's nice. Yeah. Hopefully that means that these new films from uh, A24 will also be coming. Hopefully. But we'll oh, see. We'll There's, see. I mean, because I've been trying to find everywhere all at once on streaming. Not yet. Not, yeah. not yet. They're waiting. Yep. I think they have to wait the whole 90-day window for that. But the 90-day window was like back in March. Oh, is it? Is it 90-day when it went wide release? Or wide. It, was... it probably has to be wide. Yeah. That's why we're waiting. That's why we're waiting. All right. Um, but right next month then? Maybe August? Maybe. But in, I mean, it's on digital right now. You can buy it on digital. So yeah, they have to probably wait a little bit longer. Yeah. Uh, but we'll you can watch Lightyear on Disney Plus in two weeks, yeah, yeah. August third, if you want to. <laughs> if no. that's something that you want, I mean, I'll be give. I'll, that's when I'll be watching it, and I'll give my <laughs> thoughts on it. Well, we'll talk about that on then. August third. Then we will wait and see about that one. Yep. In the meantime, that'll do it. Thank you for joining us for this speedy one hour and 40 minute episode of Media Boat Podcast. Yeah, DC's um, just going through the stuff that we already know yeah. right now of Shazam and Black Adam. It's, yeah. Dwayne Johnson's there in costume. Hey, there you go. Enjoy your gaming, yep. as he loves to say. All right, thank you for joining us. That'll do it for movies, and I'll do it for the Media Boat Podcast. Next week, we will have your full wrap-up of everything that happened in Comic-Con. In the meantime... If you'd like to watch us, you can do so on YouTube. Go to youtube.com, search Media Boat Podcast, and find our page. Like, subscribe, whatever you want to do on our channel. Hey, check us out. We're there. And we have an archive of all our older episodes, too, that we've done on YouTube. If you'd rather listen to us in audio form, you can do so on podcast services like Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Amazon. You can even find us on Spotify. Just Google or just search Media Boat Podcast on any of those services and you'll find our archive of audio podcasts. You can also find us on social media where our, our name is media, at Media Boatcast on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Facebook by searching Media Boat Podcast. And MediaBoatPodcast.com is where we have an archive of our, all our episodes there as well. And last but definitely not least, if you have any questions, comments, feedback about the show, anything you want to us to know, you can email us on mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com. And if you do so, we will read your email live here on the show. Or if you know us directly, you can hunt us down and just yell in our faces. Yeah, not only that too, but <laughs> maybe don't do that. Thank yes, you. because COVID. Yes, because COVID. Thank you for doing that. Uh, if you're not doing that, I should say. <laughs> Thank you for listening and watching and whatever, however you engage with us today. 
We'll be back next week for another episode, so stay tuned. Enjoy your week. Yep, we'll be back next week with Beyonce reviews and thoughts. Yes. Um, with San Diego Comic Con. Yes. Announcements. Yes. And more consistent audio. More consistent audio. <laughs> um, we'll probably I'll probably end up finishing Stray as well. Yeah. Um, and. Yeah, I'll, like I right. said, probably end up seeing Marcel the Snail. I'll try to knock out Neon White, but yep. we'll see. All right. All right. See you guys next time. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. And, and bye. Bye.